podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listener, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 289, I think. And I'm Trev Denny, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined, as ever, by Carl Kopak, McCann Branch, and producer Guy Drinkles in the background, monitoring as ever. Um, I want to start with a little clip from uh, an Irish philosopher, a guy who hails from the same part of the country as me, Tommy Tiernan, um, a stand-up comedian par excellence, and also uh, one of the best podcasters out there at the moment as well, has started doing his own little rambling 20-minute things, and they're pretty tremendous um, sort of flights of fancy. He's in the great tradition, Tommy, of... The, the likes of Flan O'Brien um, from My Neck of the Woods, a sort of a, a, a mad, untamed spirit, wild flights of fancy, uh, but very much rooted in the normal. And what he's talking about here is something that's been bugging me for a long time. See, I'd be what you call a bit of an information junkie, and I kind of tend to absorb far too much stuff. You know, uh, whatever's there, I'll soak it up like a sponge. And you can find yourself, therefore, with a head full of information that often is running counter to itself, and you can be very confused. And Tommy here really, I think, zeroes in on this in about a minute and a half about modern the modern age and um, the amount of stuff that's coming flying at us. So without further ado, like I said, about, thir- about 90-odd seconds of Tom here. There's so much kind of information about the world nowadays, and it, it's hard to know what you need and what you don't need. Uh, just a word there. If you are listening with your infant class, because I know we get an awful lot of um, uh, young uh, teachers who bring us into their classrooms to teach the children how to speak English, maybe you should cover their ears for a while. Tommy might go off on one here. 24 hours of the day, seven days a week, this relentless stream of shit. Is headed for your fucking head, right? And every time a piece of useless information goes in, it pushes older, wiser information further down into the muck, makes it harder to understand in dreams. Now, there's no escape in this fucking, it's religious. Sandra Bullock's husband. <laughs> is thinking of moving to Texas in order to be closer to their children. <laughs> How the fuck do I know that? <laughs> he hasn't even decided yet. He's only thinking about it. <laughs> Sandra Bullock's husband is thinking of moving to 
That routine continues uh, at that level of excellence. It's uh, from Best of the Apollo and Just for Laughs on YouTube. If you're looking for it, heartily recommend Tommy to anybody. But anyway, um, that's just my usual thing to get started. Uh, Carl, I believe you're going to begin us with a little mention of uh, another project. I, I will. Uh, before, if anyone doesn't know who Tommy Tieden is, by the way, he's the dad in Derry Girls. Uh, yes, I'm the depressed priest in um, in uh, Father Ted from all those years ago. Yes, yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. Um, I write a website called Some Green Grass and a Ball, amongst a few other people as well. Um, and the one I've got on Friday, and I just thought I'd mention it just because it's such an extraordinary story, is about a man called Max Woosnam. Have either of you heard of Max Woosnam? I meant to look him up when I saw you tweeting about him and you said to do that, but I've just been on top of my head. No, so no, I haven't is the short answer for me, Cam. No. So Max Wilson oh. was born in 1892, same as Liverpool FC, born in Liverpool, but that, that's not why I've chosen him. Um, I've chosen to write about him because of things he's done. Are you ready for this? Go. Manchester City captain, England football captain, five times Cambridge Blue, five different sports. Wimbledon doubles champion, Davis Cup champion, Olympic tennis gold medalist, gold and silver medalist, Centurion at Lords, scratch golfer, and also made a maximum break at snooker after he'd retired. Bloody <laughs> hell! Can I ask Not a question? fit. Go on. Can he fly? He was. I was going to say um, the, uh, the the Olympic. Gold and silver medal. Yeah. In tennis, was he playing himself? He was playing. Uh, he played the mixed doubles and the and the general doubles, and he got. Um, he played one final, won it, and then he played the same the other final on the same day, and got a silver. Well, this what? this is my favourite story. So he basically he's he's chosen to play in the Davis Cup, and he, they do a tour of America. He's dead into it, so he get, and you know, and he's it's a big deal. Then they ask him to captain the team. And they're introduced to Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin throws a big party for them when he goes to his house because he likes his tennis. So they go to Charlie's house and there's a court there. And Charlie Chaplin says to fancy a game of tennis. Do you want to do a set? And, of course, Max Woosnam's thinking, well, you're not going to beat me. I'm not going to just because you're Charlie Chaplin and you know, you're God. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, go easy on you. He absolutely batters Charlie Chaplin into the ground. And Charlie Chaplin smiles it off, pats him on the shoulder, walks in and says, do you like table tennis? He says, I don't really play table tennis, but okay, we'll play table tennis. So they pick up their, their paddles. They're about to start off, and then Max says, hang on, this is a bit unfair. And he picks up a butter knife and plays with that and batters him. <laughs> wow. and, and that's in this Friday, some green grass and all. <laughs> it's the most extraordinary question I've ever yeah, it's it's just like it's just like CB Fry is another one who's just um, I've read I've read about you know people like Dennis Compton who you know captained England at cricket and Arsenal football and won leagues and things as well. But the fact that he, he made that that hundred at Lords when he was about seventeen with a, a school team against the MCC, which is like a traditional match, and uh, they were sixty five for five, and he came on and scored a hundred and forty four not out, and he was seventeen, and he's playing against professionals, and he's seventeen years old. The only athlete I can think of that uh, could even possibly rival Max there is Kim Jong-un. 
Yeah, it's very similar, except the plug <laughs> did it. There's actually a little bit of doubt about the snooker thing. But, um, oh, we also fought in the world. He was at Gallipoli as well. So we also fought in the First World War. Christ alive. Okay, well, that's, as plugs go, that is out, outstanding. Yeah, um, on, 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 all the way through the archives, I said, seriously, I'm not finished. Wait till this bit. You know, it's just absolutely mad the stuff you did. Tremendous. Well, all eyes then point themselves towards some green grass and a ball. You said Friday for that one? That'll be Friday at noon, yeah. Lovely stuff. Um, now, Cam, I believe you're going to bring discord and disharmony to the show from a very early point um, with uh, the by now infamous Cam quiz. Oh, congratulations, Trev. Trev, well done. Great, great, victory. <laughs> great victory that night. Well done. Cheers, boy. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what that means, regardless, regardless of... I mean, I'm thinking back, Trev, to the time when you won your own quiz and you were the questionnaire. You, you were asking the questions and you still claimed victory. When the game's actually just between me and Cam. Yeah, well, well uh, I suppose what everybody should understand at this stage is that I am quiz champion Trev Downey, and that's just going to be the default setting. So, it's, although it's a foregone conclusion, um, let's, be see how, let's see how young Calpac gets on. Um, I have a terrible feeling I'm going to get absolutely ro- royally trounced here, so let's go. Well, I'm, I'm, I know you're playing with a butter knife the moment <laughs> yes yes exactly <laughs> I, and, and, and can we just establish rules because uh, these things tend to start start very uh, uh haphazardly with you and uh, cam and young callback in tandem trying to diddle me out of it so uh can we just establish the rules at the start is this, is this a who answers first thing is it a question each what ways it work it's a question each three okay. questions each um we have to decide who's going first so I am holding a remote control in either my left hand or my right hand. Somebody shout left or right. Go, Carl. Right. Trev, do you want to go first or second? Um, it seemed like there was an advantage to going first, so I'll take the first question, please. Okay, then. Oh, and by the way, does this question get passed over, Cam? No, no. Three questions each. and. Uh, okay. So uh, you've got equal chance. So, I mean, I've got 25 questions I can choose from. I'm just going to go one to six and then okay. the be tiebreaker. Lovely. So I've not looked at the questions, but, yeah, interesting one to start with. Question one for Trey. What is the most common colour of toilet paper in France? Finally. Finally, the hours of research have paid off. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, this is going to be some stupid answer like brown or yellow or pink. Correct. Jesus Christ. Are we serious? Are yeah. serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew that, actually. Yeah, I knew that. I was so, yeah. a little factoid I took away. Fuck it out. Can I declare I'm not? <laughs> I'm not sure I want to get the answers Close. right. Um, Carl, your Come. first question. If you dug a hole through the centre of the earth, starting from Wellington in New Zealand, which European country would you end up in? Okay. So that's sort of bottom right. Uh, where would that come out? Tricky. France. 
so close. Spain. Really? Okay. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the toilet. Spain, okay. Um, okay. I, I'm thinking of the toilet paper. My fault. That's uh, still, that's, that's, that's fair play. I, I would have been a bit clueless there. Go ahead, uh, come in there. What's up next? Uh, your second question, Trev. Henry right. VIII ent- introduced which tax in England in 1535? I, I, I know that. Tax. Tax. Uh, tax. T-A-X. Oh, oh, hang on. This is it. Is this? I think this is one of these apocryphal things that isn't actually true. Is this where it was? Uh, I know this. Like a, a facial hair tax, beard tax, or something. Like something like that. Something you have to. How the fuck did you? It's not right. right. I need that. Right. I need that. Yeah. Bloody hell. That's it. It's not actually true, though, is it? Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Oh, okay. I thought that was one of those apocryphal things, but all right. Charles. Um, when he wasn't, when he wasn't able to go to the Pope. Go on. You need to get this correct to stay in the quiz. I can't emphasize this enough. Go on. And if you don't get this, I will be most upset. Go on. What is the correct term? For a question mark, immediately followed by an exclamation mark. Um, I do know that. Oh, what's it called? It's an intro something. Is it in Torabang or something? Correct. Yes. I don't like them. I'm I'm not a fan of them. I think they shouldn't be allowed. It's not real punctuation, that. No, it's not. I don't like it. What did you call it? it, it I've I've heard that before. What do you call it? And it what? It's in in Interobang or something. I do not spell it to be honest. Yeah. In uh, in yeah Interro Intero Bang. Okay, I see where they're going with that. I N T E double R. Yeah, because it's inter- it's interrogative followed by a, 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 a by a bang. A, by, 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 by an ex- literally by an exclaiming something, yeah, mm. like a punctuation thing, like a yeah, literally I, I, punctuated. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fair play for getting it. I'm, I have to, I have to say that's awful. It's an awful thing. Go on, Shrek, uh, win the quiz. We do a bottle of beards and toilet paper. By the way, beards and toilet paper. We have a title already. <laughs> well, we were talking beards before the show, weren't we? So um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Trev, this one to win the quiz. The average person does what 13 times a day? Keep it clean, Danny. <laughs> I don't know what that could be. I don't know what that could be. It's probably something like sneeze or cough or something like that. But I wouldn't cough 13 times a day unless I was sick or sneeze. Oh, God, it's probably some vile bodily function, isn't it? Um, I'm going to keep it clean because Carl said so. I'm going to say either maybe smile. Laugh. Let's say laugh. Laugh or chuckle or smile or something. I'm going to have to take your first answer. You said smile. I didn't. I said laugh. Are you saying laugh then? 
That laugh was my final that answer, final but, answer. I, but, but I, I should have probably... <laughs> Fuck, you've, 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 you've done me here, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I, di- I did say laugh. I did say laugh, but it's going to be smile, isn't it? So what are you going with? I'm going with laugh. I have to know. You've, you've exposed me publicly. <laughs> Is the answer Nicholas Lindhurst? <laughs> <laughs> a little peep show joke for everyone, then. Oh, dear. And still, quiz champion. Ah, yes! From Inder Downing. <laughs> oh, man, okay. Uh, uh, I, will, I will accept that with great um, humility, because... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, did I laugh then? I do apologise. <laughs> That's one of your 13, you fucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> right, let's, let's get it on to the football. Um... Now, just so. Hang on, hang on. What about my question? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, the quorum suggests we should finish the the full. Look, thing. look at Downey getting this trophy, getting into his car while I'm still walking up to get me medals. See <laughs> me. No, no clap, no clapping up the losers for me. No. No. Fuck that. I'm off. <laughs> All right, you want your question then? Yeah, might as well. Okay. Um. Excuse my pronunciation of this word. Coprastastophobia. Call C O P R A S T A S T A phobia. Yeah. Coprastastophobia. The fear of what? It's definitely something to do with shit. Sorry? It's do something it. to do with shit. Oh, look at our little coprophiliac over here in the background. Yeah, that's why. That's what I'm thinking. It is something to do with a fear of toilet visits. You're you're actually on the right lines. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. That's what I yeah, mean. Yeah. 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 It's uh, constipation. Oh, so it's, it's 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 a fear of lack of shit. Okay. Fear <laughs> of constipation. Uh, what, what did you say? Coprastophobia? Oh, st- st- yeah. Coprasta. It's really difficult to say because of the tast bit in the middle. C O P R A S T A S T A. Then phobia. That would make sense because copper is copper is basically scatological related, and isn't isn't stas- oh, staso or stasis? Yeah, like a, sto- hey, a stopping of something. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That makes, that, all makes sense. It all makes sense when you do your Latin. All yeah. makes sense when you do your Latin. You can thank the Edinburgh Evening News for... Oh, I'll be on the phone to them, believe me. New Zealand. News you can trust since 1873. They're a tremendous bunch of lads, the Edinburgh Evening News. A tremendous bunch of lads. Uh, I'll hear no b- bad words about them. <clears throat> Great lads for a quiz. Great lads to organise a quiz. We have several topics. Um, football wise that we want to get into obviously we wouldn't mind talking about the win yesterday several podcasts are devoted to just that specific topic i'm sure it'll come up um i do want to talk about the game that's coming up um in a, co- in a couple of days time against uh rail uh, specifically then as well i want to talk about the proposed champions league structure which seems um oh i just say the 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 Financial equivalent of, of, of inherently craven, but 
I could be making judgments there. And I want to talk about moustaches. Uh, in no particular order, but we'll suggest that as a running order. So just to get the ball rolling, um, we'll start with um, uh, Cam there, our, our uh, quiz coordinator, co- coordinator extraordinaire there. And um, I'm going to assume that you got a look at that game yesterday. Um, the question I have for you is, coming out of it, do you feel any renewed sense of optimism for the remaining period of the season? I'd say we're going to win the league, but mathematically, that's impossible now. Um, yeah, that's of yesterday. Well, well, yeah. well, Cam, no runners. <laughs> yeah, but even, no even 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 you, you always insist on doing the sums, and the sum got done yesterday, sadly. Um, to, I am not. To, I, I, I negate maths. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I there's know. always there's always a chance of some points being deducted. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all on the front. The problem my, is, even if points were deducted, more likely United would win the league. Oof, we don't want that. that is disgusting. Um, well, anyway, what about this renewed sense of optimism? So, but let's let's put your optimism in a bracket, right? If we're going to rule out the the league because it is ruled out. Uh, let's see where is your optimism and on a bracket level of catching Manchester United, catching Leicester, catching Chelsea, staving off the others to remain in our current position. There's four options for you. Yeah, um, realistically, our best hope out of all of that is still fourth. Um, I think we're just a little bit too far off Leicester. Um, we expected Leicester to have a, a little bit of a, a usual Brendan crisis collapse. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Brendan is now a better manager than what he was when he was at Liverpool. He's learned a lot, or you'd like to think, and um, um, he'll have learned from last season as well. Notwithstanding they, yesterday's defeat, they did, they did lose yesterday. Yeah, right, well, City. yeah, they, they did. They did. They lost three one, but again. They're playing the best team in the league, aren't they? Mm. Uh, or three or two 0 whatever the score was. I can't remember what the score was even. Two 0 Yeah. So um, um, they're playing the best team in the league. They're playing champions elect. It's you can't say it's a disgrace to lose to, you know, the best team in the league. So um, you know, I, so I, you, I wouldn't. You, you think they're going to hang on in there into third? You don't see Man United I, collapsing in any way? I shape don't see Man United collapsing. No, they they just. A jammy football team. They, they don't play great football, but they just they get results, and mm. you can't argue with that. They, they, they you know, that sometimes they'll play some fantastic, wonderful to watch football, and then other times they they'll play absolutely dog shite. So um, they they get results, and again, there's a there's an expression: the league table doesn't lie. So for me, the league table doesn't lie. Um, they are the second best team in the land even though they don't play the second best football for me mm. uh, so I think first two places are pretty much nailed on I think Leicester will just squeeze third place and then it's a it's a fight between four or five teams now isn't it still mm. the fourth spot you know I mean Chelsea are there Tottenham are still there Liverpool are still there the Ev they're still there and let's not discount West Ham no, Ooh. let's do that. Let's do that. Well, can't. As much as you'd like to, you'd say they're actually playing good football. They're they're actually, you know, that 
they're a good football team. You know, you, you want them to be playing those teams that in and around them now because they're going to take points off, hopefully, teams who we need them to take points off. I haven't looked at the fixtures, so I don't know who they've got, but you'd like to think they're going to be playing somebody around us and around themselves. So, um, well, you know what's very interesting is next weekend, um, <clears throat> City play Leeds at half 12 on the Saturday. Uh, we have a three o'clock kickoff against Aston Villa, which means that we can go into fourth place before Chelsea go to Crystal Palace at half five. Um, and psychologically, that might be a thing to do. West Ham actually have Leicester City, so you're. It's like, I was, was, was going to say, Trev, do you, do you want to break down of who's playing what? Because I've got it here. Uh, yeah, as in, as in, for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, just, next, just, just next two or three games. So, um, uh, West Ham have got Wolves tomorrow, or when today if this comes out tomorrow, uh, on Monday, shall we say? Then they've got Leicester at home, Newcastle away, which they'll win, and then they've got Chelsea. So that that's going to help us that West Ham Chelsea game. Uh, yeah, the Ev, West Ham Leicester. Yeah. Um, the Ev have got um, obviously they've got Palace tomorrow or Monday. Brighton away, Tottenham at home, and then Arsenal away. So it depends which Arsenal turn up there. Uh, Chelsea have got after that after they got big Sam yesterday. Uh, obviously they got Porto. Then they've got Palace away. Uh, City at home, then Brighton, and then West Ham away. Hang on, so Chelsea have what? They have Palace, that is the game I mentioned. Who are the next two after that? So they've got Palace away, then they've got City at home, and then they've got Brighton Brighton at home, and then West Ham game. So say Palace managed to do a thing against them, then they've got City next. That would leave us in a great position to have moved ahead of them if we get our act together. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. And then points are going to be dropped all around, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Tottenham have Tot- 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 got United, then Everton away, then Southampton, and then City. Oh no, City's the um, League Cup final. So much of a muchness. Hmm. The, the teams are going to be dropping points since they're playing each other, aren't they? So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's basically my point. Yeah, our, our two biggest games that we've got left, I think. Well, you think they're going to be United? We got United away, haven't we? And we've got one more as well. Um, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go through our games if you want to. We've got Villa at home, then we've got yeah, Leeds yeah. away, which is going to be That's tricky. Going to be a tough game. Newcastle at home, uh, United away, Southampton at home, West Brom away. They're going to be relegated by then. Burnley away, and then Palace at home. So, I'd, rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather have our fixtures. I just would. Yeah, yeah. we've got the better fixtures. We've played all the teams around us. Well, there's a caveat there. I'd rather have our fixtures if we play like we did yesterday and we play, we continue to play like we have over the last couple of games. Um, the thing about us this year is that all those teams that you don't look at as a threat in that fixture yeah. list are actually the teams that have been beating us. So, um, if we are on this upward curve, then I absolutely completely agree with you. I kind of feel like we are. I don't want to get stupid optimistic and I don't really care about what's left of the league. I'd love us to get top four. I really would. I think it could be very important when it comes to this absolutely COVID destroyed chap, um, transfer. Uh, market in the summer um, to have the carrot of Champions League to be able to dangle around the place. I think that will be a massive issue. Um, but you know, the, for me, what's the main thing that's left is, is in, in this campaign. The main thing that still is looming that we could possibly dream about is is that Champions League. So 
I don't know. I don't know. Carl, let's get it straight up from you. Where, where are you in terms of optimism with having laid out there who's got what in the remaining games? I mean, where do, where do you fall on the optimism scale in terms of where we could possibly expect to finish? Well, I, I see it as terms of momentum more than anything else. Leicester do fall away. They fell away massively last season. No one saw, I mean, Tuchel, as much as he's loathed, um, is a good manager. So yesterday was completely weird. Mourinho's losing the dressing room all over the place. Moist, whatever. I think Everton have got a shout. I really do. Um, but I think we're top four. I, I, I mean, uh, just in terms of trajectory of where we're going at the moment, we were so good on Saturday night. I mean, yeah. so yeah. good. I mean, people were talking about, yeah, you know, Neville and saying, oh, you know, but yeah, but Arsenal are dreadful and that sort of stuff. But it, it, it's how do you play football when you're not allowed to play? And the, the, the control we had in that game was frightening. Absolutely frightening. And uh, that has been... The, it, it wasn't just the, the 3-0 or the performance, Trevor. It was the sharpness. They were just so sharp. I mean, that the third goal, how sharp is he to get to that finish? Oh. You know, there's no, no sluggishness in that. We, not one player played poorly yesterday. I know Robert went off after an hour. It looked like a preordained thing, to be honest. Oscabs was great at the back with Big Nat. And um, he's Oscabs in my house. And... Oh, after um, after Ali's cos- um, cab firm in early EastEnders. And um, obviously we've got um, Super Mario in goal. And it was just, but, but to be honest, I mean, the fact we've got the two ball lads in midfield, absolutely extraordinary. I thought Milner was great yesterday as well. I mean, I'm reading a load of shit about, oh, I know, we, how come we start for us at 35 when City rejected him at 30? It's bollocks, mate. City wanted to keep him for as long as possible. And James Milner gets us over the line. I thought he was great. And, it's just the bench is filling up again, looking quite nice. Curtis couldn't get a game, and it's just looking all right. We're we're moving up. We're, we are not as confident as City because no one could be at the moment because I think they possibly could be the best team in Europe, and I think they are. But I think it's all heading towards Istanbul, and then when Jordan runs around the pitch with Ben Davis holding the trophy, Killian's going to walk on and sign the contract in the middle of the centre circle. That's my level of optimism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all into that. I, I'm I'm all into that, I, and I'll tell you the, that was the big takeaway for me after the game yesterday. I was watching well, people. Killian. No, it was, <laughs> was, was was it was watching lads doing what they're supposed to do, uh, playing in the positions they're supposed to play, and doing it brilliantly. And it was great. It was just great. You mentioned the two lads in midfield and Jimmy Miller in there in midfield. And honestly, I'd sort of written Jimmy off in terms of performance in midfield, but he did a great job while he was there. And then, like I always say, if he goes back into one of the defensive positions, you don't worry about that lad. He's going to be great. He's going to be solid. Joe, it's funny about that though. He was up against the seventy-two million pounds. Aggressive right winger who didn't get a kick off him in the no, second half. Yeah. Like, like Nicholas, he's brought it out to Nicholas Pepper and said, I'm literally twice your age and your game's over, mate. That That's how good James Milner is. Yeah. You know, another sure. reason why James Milner was so good yesterday. Go on. Because he was playing alongside Thiago and Fabinho. I think, I think that is almost everything to do with why he was able to look good in midfield camp because he was able yes. to do little bits he was able to look productive he was able to look um progressive um he was able to get on the end of things he he, he was actually given a free role to run around and try and influence the play and if you're as intelligent and, and reading the game as james milner is you're going to be able to do that and he did because because you've got fab there because you've got tiago doing bits it was yeah it, it was it was lovely to watch it's, it's chalk and cheese performance compared to when he's no disrespect when he's playing in midfield 
with the likes of Ginny and uh, Hendo and Curtis. It was a completely different mindset for him as well. You know, the fact that we had, as, as Carl said, complete control in that game. And that control is always down to the midfield. That's where you, your control comes from. And that control, for me, predominantly comes from uh, Fabinho. Just to add to that, you know, like, you know, the, the, the old Libro role and the reason why the Libro is so difficult is because no one can pick them up because they float between the lines and you can't pick them up. What really hit me yesterday more than anything else is if we're knocking it around the midfield and they're going man to man on us, someone's going to be free. And usually that's someone like Shakiri because that's his job to come, to come out or Firmino, which is why it's so difficult to pick up. I've never yeah, seen yeah. a number six be the libero, and he was for a lot of the first half. He had so much room all the time, and I'm thinking, how can you have so much room when you're playing centre-mid and you've got to look after the number 10 and the number 8 at the same time from the opposition, and yet you still have that space? That's a hell of a trick to be able to manage that. And it's no, co- it's no coincidence either that um, all of a sudden we get to see Trent looking like Trent again because Fab's there. Um, sweeping around and doing bits in defence. It's a massive, massive deal. And also, like credit where it's due, the two boys at centre half have definitely benefited from Fabinho's presence because, you know, he's the best in the world at what he does. But they've, oh, really, they, they've really stood up, man. They've really stood up, both of those two lads. I mean, not had a cross. Oh, that yeah. was Nat, Nat's, Nat, Nat had a cross. Nat's Do you cross. Mean? He, he, yeah. he, he fired <laughs> it across the box. It was well, good, good ball as well. They won it 10 yards outside of the opposition penalty area, him and Fabinho. Yeah, yeah. That, that is just phenomenal football. Yeah, but imagine inviting that to be the one who runs off. <laughs> but, but, but can you imagine, imagine like the manager's going, go on then, go on. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was. You know, yeah. you, know, you, normally, you normally expect to see a centre-half, maybe, but every like third game he might just run into the box and think, oh, he hasn't got back from the corner and you know, we've, we've you know, got possession again. Well, I've never seen him come wide. <laughs> the centre-back has come wide. Yeah, yeah. Well, he used to run down the pitch and look like he was going to lose it in any second, but never did. But I've never seen him go to the touchline. <laughs> that, that was a really weird moment. That's tremendous. It was tremendous. Uh, a, step, uh, or a page from Nuno Espirito Santos overlapping centre-halves. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's good to see. It's good to see. And and, and, and look, the, the, the dream is that... He can be part of a team. You know, we, we all go back to 2005 and we think of there were some wonderful footballers in that team, but there were some players who weren't quite so wonderful. So if that team can win a Champions League, then surely this current side, who have so many world beaters, can win it. Um, it's, it's the piano analogy, isn't it? It is. It's it's yeah. the hope. It's the ho- That's where the hope is. But yeah, nine, nine to carry it, two to play it. Nine to carry and two to play. And, and, and look... <laughs> I, 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 I remain, I remain full of hope and Tuesday night is going to be a massive thing. And we'll talk a little bit about that game in a second. But before we do focus on that, um, Carl, I know you wrote recently about what is proposed as the new structure for the Champions League. And it's something that, you know, should have, um, pride of place on, on a show like this because it's a, a bigger football issue and non-specific to a particular game. 
and moment in time, which obviously we would have spent too long talking about the Real game that would um, sort of very much pigeonhole this show as well. So I do want to spend a few minutes talking about something. I know you wrote an article about the proposed structure for this new Champions League format. Now, in my intro to it there, I said that all I could see when I read what I read about it was a way for increasing revenue. And it knocked me sick, I'll be honest. Um but I'd like to hear you lay it out, if you wouldn't mind, in terms of what it is <laughs> yeah, that we cheers. can expect. <laughs> well, if, if, if it's overly complex, just give us the bullet points. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, in the piece I wrote, it, it said, you know, if you haven't um, mastered it at all, it's pretty much you need a whiteboard and access to algebra to work oh, out what sure. it is. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. So, basically, it's a 36-team league. 34 teams qualify as they would in a normal way through league positions, etc. Two spaces are left free, and I'll come back to what those two spaces do. Um, they're put into a rough team, four pots of nine each. Um, that's not an actual pot, but that's roughly a sort of a level thing. So they can play 10 games, but then all 36 teams are put into a league, and they play 10 games, five home, five away. Uh, and they, So obviously they don't play everybody, and um, but they played people of various quality. So we would expect to play as one of the leading clubs. We would play someone of a decent Europa League standard and you're going to get midget land thrown in, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're not going to get Bayern Munich. You know, that doesn't, it's not going to be like that at all. And more importantly, Bayern Munich don't get us. Um, what happens then is at the end of those games, the, 20, the, the league is divided. The top eight teams, you're qualified as Jim Bowen says, your money's safe. You know, you know, you've, you've still got your tungsten darts and your bendy body. You're into the last eight. The top the eight. The, the top eight. Top eight, out of eight out of twenty. Well, the top eight out of all the groups. Oh, sorry, out of thirty-six. Yeah, out of all of those. Yeah, out of all the thirty-six okay. teams. Okay. Okay, but but they haven't played everyone. But you know, you only play ten games, so your money's safe for your top eight. Your bottom. Oh, I've got to get this right. Fourteen, I think it is. Um, thanks for playing, lads. Off you go. That's your lot. You are officially done. So I'm, I'm going to. I'm getting my article up here just because, just to make sure I've got the, uh, the the numbers right. So the the bottom loads are just going home. That's your lot. Um, uh, how would that work? Right. And then you've got so the middle lot. You've got the eight after the top eight, and then you've got the next eight before, before the middle bottom. So the middle sixteen break off into two groups. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you just use the phrase middle bottom there? The middle bottom. So the top middle the, the, the top middle and the bottom middle. Wow. Um they play each other in a playoff as they normally would okay. until that leaves just eight teams from those sixteen. Um so hang on, so there's eight at the top. Yeah, so the bottom twelve go home. The bottom twelve are gone. So I'll do that again. So your top eight are safe, your bottom twelve go so home. Thirty six teams. Yeah. So that leaves sixteen teams, sixteen middle teams. The top half of those eight play the bottom play half that, of those eight in in a sort of in a genuine sort of home and away, as you would knockout stage game. That leaves eight teams to join the original eight teams, and then they play each other and European Cup. That's right. your last sixteen as normal. Yeah. However, what about the uh, two teams you were saying? Oh, this is where the fun starts. So your 34 of your 36 teams are all, they, they go in through the normal way. 
two wildcard spaces are being reserved for people with who didn't qualify but have a high UEFA coefficient oh. to join the league. Now, what that basically means is who's got the highest coefficient in Europe at the moment? Bayern Munich, they've just won the European Cup. That mm. means, as I said in my article, they could effectively play, spend every single Bundesliga game playing Scrabble in their penalty area and they'd still qualify for the Champions League because no one's going to go anywhere near those um, their, their efficient, coefficient points. Um, if you've won the European Cup... They don't keep doing well in Europe. As long as, yeah, but, but if, if, they, well, if they get to the, the, the last eight, no one's going to fuck around with their coefficients, are they? That's the way. All they've got to do is, is finish in the top eight, and their coefficient rebel will, will put them there next year as well. So, in other words, so say you're, let me think of a decent example. Say you're Aston Villa 1981. You're nowhere near winning the league, but you win the league. Um, there's a chance you wouldn't qualify because Bayern Munich did better than you five years ago. And what it basically means is that the big money team, they're always going to be the big money team. You cannot you cannot knock out an elite team because you're not allowed to knock out an elite team. Yeah, so, yeah. so the, the two, the, those two um, positions are not a bonus for people who are overachieved. They are, in fact, a fail-safe for those big clubs who may not achieve, is what you're saying. Real Madrid will always be in the European Cup regardless if they get relegated. Right, so it's a, it's a security belt for rich clubs, security blanket for rich clubs. That's that, that's pretty much what it is, yeah. Now, mm. there's two ways of looking at this because it basically means what happens if your team finished, when I wrote the article, um, if your team finishes in seventh position and you're not nowhere near the Champions League places, unless you beat Arsenal, say, um, and it looks unlikely you're going to get top four, then you probably will get top four because all the other teams who are above you in coefficiency points are already there already. They've already qualified. Hmm. So that means that last week, Liverpool would have qualified for the Champions League. Now you can say, isn't that good for us because it's stability and, you know, I'd rather we just qualify for every single year. I think it fucking stinks. I really do. Because that's not football. That's That basically means, okay, you can win, but you're not going to win. Yeah, it, 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 it's got a terrible bang of, of um, like I say, the craving of it. I, 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 first of all, the amount of games just seems daft. The structure that's, of that, 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 that's my next point. Yeah, the structure of that point. opening sequence just seems incredibly daft. Who will honestly give a shit when you're playing, you know, whoever, Bally go backwards um, in one of your many. What, you've got what? What do you say? Five games home and away, something like that. Like, honest to God, and 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 then it it seems to me as well that when that knockout sequence is taking place and the, those top eight teams have qualified already from the initial group stage, um, or whatever the hell it is, league stage, whatever you want to call it, um, they just what sit there twiddling their thumbs waiting for this. Um, well, this, this is the point. So at the moment, to win the European Cup, you need to play thirteen games, right? Group stages, blah blah blah, plus final. Um, then in this system to win the European so, so Cup, you, you need 17. You need 17 so to win it this way. Yeah. Unless you're in that middle top bottom, middle eight, uh, then you play 19 games on top of your full season. Christ alive. So, uh, question I have here after listening to all this. Go on, Carl, are you going to say something now? I was going to say, please don't make me repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing for me no, is I've, I've, 
as I've said in the article, I'd really want to, I really wanted to watch Barcelona decline. It's not happening, lads. Mm. Seems almost uh, deliberate. Go on, Cam. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So this leads to my question on this. Then is there's a reason they're doing this? Maybe not so much a question, but maybe I'm making a point here. There's a reason they're doing this, and the reason or the, the reason they're looking at this, I think from what my understanding is, the clubs are going to reject it. They don't like it, or some of the clubs don't like it. Um, the FA don't like it. The, the, the Premier League don't like it. The Premier League, don't, okay. So, um, but the the reason that they, they are looking to change the format of the European Cup is because of the fear still, and this fear will always be there for UEFA, is a European Super League. Yeah, they are trying. To, they are trying to create some sort of European Super League that keeps all the teams within UEFA still competing in the European Cup, and their their intentions may well be honourable and good, but it extinct yeah. ultimately the way they're going to the the way they are trying to do it. It's they they've got it wrong. Um, but they've got to try and do something. Otherwise, we've already seen what our own owners and were doing were supposedly, you know, were doing what six months ago, along with Manchester United, trying to create a new format within um, thought, yeah. within, w- within our own league here. Our votes count double. Yeah, that, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if they. If they're trying to do that here within our own league, you know they're doing. They're, they're going to be looked to, look to do something within Europe. UEFA has to do something. So we we can be critical of UEFA for what they propose, but we can't be critical of their intention of trying to save the European Cup because the European Cup is glorious. Trev, it's your favourite competition. But that's what that's what I'm saying. But all this says to me is, like I say, greed and dilution. So dilution of the. But that's not UEFA's fault. That's it's because of the clubs they're having to do this. That's my point. Hmm. But then there's it, other it, things as well. I mean, what about the quality of the tournaments? People are playing ten more games than normal. That's what I'm talking that, about. That, that, that what... means by the end of the season, you you are you are going to see Ben Woodburn, Liverpool captain, playing the quarterfinals of the European Cup. That's that's exactly what I mean by dilution, and it's gonna it, like I mean there there's there is there's player welfare situation there in terms of injuries. There's all sorts of different connotations around that, but the main thing for me so is then that what the, will happen on that is you'll get bigger squads. You'll yeah, suddenly have thirty man squads. They'll yeah. allow because there's more money coming in to the game. But who, who's gonna have who's gonna have the biggest squads all the time? It's gonna be the people who are currently the big clubs, the or the or yeah. the people who manage to attract. A sugar daddy investor. So the game is effectively slowly, slowly inching towards some sort of Elitist. horrible decline, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of even being interested. Look, I don't think I, I, I look. I'm a football obsessive, have been all my life, and I don't think I'm alone in not having watched a minute of football when the Reds weren't playing. That's because I've had it up to my 
eye sockets with the way the game currently is. The current officiating, the current format, the current bullshit with no crowds, everything, all of it is getting to me to the extent that I just didn't care. Certainly didn't care about international football, for the love of Christ. I can't remember last time I didn't watch my own country playing, and I haven't watched them for months because I couldn't give a shit. And so I think I'm probably not on my own in terms of that level of disengagement from the game. And so multiply multiplier effect add that up now over a couple of seasons if this kicks in of all these endless european cup games and then nobody will care that's going to be the ultimate impact nobody will care you talked about how it's my favorite competition it's because it matters so much it's because it matters so much and now nobody will give a shit you'll hear that champions league music nobody will give a shit um and that's 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 grim um and it, uh, too much football is overkill. That's exactly that's, that's exactly that's what it is. Important. Yeah, that's exactly and, what it is. Because you're diluting the product. Yeah, and 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 again, you know, and and it's you're quite right to use the phrase, but that's how we're starting. That's how people are starting to think about it. That's how it's becoming more and more apparent that look, you can you can be cynical as you like and go, well, it was always a business, and and you know, look, stand up in your high horse. I don't give a shit. There's a romance attached to football as well, and whatever bit of that there was, it's just getting it's just getting scooped away piece by piece. It really is by this constant sort of um, uh, emphasis on the on the idea of football as product. I would not be surprised to see in 10, 15 years, football being played in basically empty stadia with overpaid prima donnas, even more so than they are now, um, all being linked into some sort of um, social media experience for the those generations of the future. Because like, who, like honestly, it's, it's almost as if they're trying to root out all that's good about the game, you know, going to the game with your pals if you can do it or sitting around with your pals if you can do it or just watching your game and then be able to enjoy match day experience. Uh, and I understand there are extenuating circumstances for that now, but there's no planning for when that is not the case. There's only planning for, you know, let's hedge our bets here and let's make sure that this is a, a cash cow par excellence. And that to me is just, just soulless. Uh, it, it, it really gets me, I have to say. Any last well, minute? We're seeing, that, we're seeing that to a point now anyway, where we are now saying we're not bothered about the League Cup. I haven't been bothered about the League Cup for years. Unless we're in the final, then I want us to win it because it's, yeah. it's a trophy. You know, take you back to take you back to 1987, Cam, when Arsenal beat us in the League Cup. I was fucking gutted. That and Rushy scored. Rushy scored. Charlie Nicholas got two scabby goals. I was yeah, heartbroken. And it was the first time Liverpool had lost a game when Rushy had scored. Yeah, heartbroken. And it's the League yeah. Cup. Well, why do we remember that? Because it meant something. Then. It mattered, yeah, yeah. Littlewoods Cup, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was at that stage. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Why would I remember that? I don't remember nothing. I've got goldfish memory, like like yourself there. But those days, it mattered. The European Cup was was huge because it was a privilege to be in the European Cup. Football has been diluted, and it, it all comes down to money and greed. And and where's that money and greed coming from? The clubs. What and what they what do they then do with that money? Give it to agents, give it to players, because they've got to. 
Well, that's a really, really interesting point. And just as a little side note, have you seen? I don't know, again, if it's apocryphal. I don't know if it's truth. But have you seen the figures that are being bandied about for any potential deal for Erling Haaland in terms of what his father will get, what Mino Raiola will get, what he will get. It's stunning levels. I think 20 million for his old man, 30 million for Raiola, 600,000 a week for Erling to kick a ball about. This is the numbers that are being floated about now because he is the hottest property in world football kind of at the moment. Um, so yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, Real Madrid have got no money. Barcelona have got no money. Bayern Munich won't pay it. Are oh, Man City going to pay it? He's going to go to Real anyway. Yeah, it looks... I, I, I think he'll go Man City, personally. I, I think don't... he's the Aguero replacement. I can, You know there were rumours about Danny Ings going to Man City? I mm. think what they'll do is they'll sign Danny Ings as the Aguero replacement for one season and then they'll say to Haaland look we'll give you the money you want but you stay another year at Dortmund and we, we take you on your release you've got a release clause of about 75 million euros or whatever it is and we'll pay that next summer I can see a scenario like that happen Haaland's you know Haaland's father used to play for City he, you know he's playing for arguably the second best coach in the world in Pep and um you know, why wouldn't he want them want to go to Man City? The only reason Pep the, the, the only reason Pep will still be there is if he has him won the Champions League. Yeah, that's all he's interested in. I, I think even if he wins the Champions League, he'll still stay. I, if I was him, I'd run out the door because he's on a hiding to nothing after that. Yes, and he isn't because the 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 argument will be the Man City is they'll bend over backwards for Pep because they're going to think. Who do we replace him with? Frank Lampard. Former great. There you go. Get Lampsy in. <laughs> Not Joey Bottom. Oh, my God. Uh, speaking of, um, tangentially there, of, of Real Madrid, that is the game that's on the horizon on Tuesday night. And I have to say, right, just before anything else about it, I would I would have to say that the whole um, Ramos um, narrative was winding me up no end. I couldn't give a shit about him. I don't care about him. Um, I understand that people have this kind of vengeance thing in their head, but like as discussed in a previous show, that vengeance was already got when we won it in their in their um, in their city. Um, so for me, that's just all nonsense. Um, I was glad to hear that the likelihood is that he won't play, um, just because. I hate those narratives. They're embarrassing. Uh, I think we might be in a situation, and again, this is risking the the, the wrath of Carl No Runners Copac, but I'll, I'll go straight to, to you on this one, Carl. We might be in a situation where there's a little bit of hubris just involved in how we perceive ourselves and the European Cup, given the run that we had been on before the little upturn that we've seen in, in the last three games. Um we is it is it warranted to have that sense of ourselves as someone who can swagger um, and play at our very best because of the competition that it is and because of the the legacy that we have in it? Um, I th- I think it's I always see the Champions League as a, as a bit of a free hit because it, it doesn't have the 
sheer agony that goes with it for the Premier League, where like you know, if you lose against Brighton, that's the last next three games done. Um, I, I always think you know, if you're going to go out of the European, it's very difficult to go out against a team who aren't good in the Champions League. No, no shame about going out against Atleti last year. You know, just happens. Um, did really well. Couldn't quite get it over the line at the end, and we went out. Um, I think I think we swagger. I think we swagger in Madrid. I, I really do. Just, I don't know if he's going to play all four strikers or anything like that. But um, I've, I've, you know, I've looked at their, their likely lineup, and you know, if they're going to play three at the back, which I think they might do, then I think that we've we've got to go for it. I think. Mm-hmm. Are you scared of anyone? There's only one player I'm scared of more than anyone else, anything else in that Madrid side, and that is Benzema because he's scoring constantly these days. But you know, Mod- Modric, Casemiro, not really. Look, they, they are all they are they're all excellent footballers. There's no two yeah, ways. Yes, they are, but, but, but it's not um, it's not Raúl and Ronaldo, is it? No, it's not that. It's not. They're, the, the they're not winning their league iteration. either. No, it's not the scariest iteration for sure off Real Madrid. But like, I, you, you get where I'm going with that. There is just a little bit, almost blasé of are we will we'll, we'll knock these out where Liverpool and and they've got to come. And I I I I, I admired the 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 um the concept of of confidence. I just I would fear a little bit um the sucker punch. Um, but that's only because I think you know the kicking that we've gotten mentally by so many defeats. Um. I, it's still hanging around. It's a little bit like a bad smell, and you just. Well, uh, I, I think that's why Saturday was such a such an important game for us. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Because there's no chance of losing to Arsenal. Because how do we know well, that? Because we, because we've lost to them twice already. Yeah, and, and, and what was what was present there? Uh, you cams referred to it as well. What was present there in that win was that swagger. Um, it, it, we like we absolutely bossed that game entirely. Yeah. Um, with with people doing doing their their business in all their positions yeah it's exciting it really is i do it's, think it's the same uh, as 2009 trevor if we if we play the club rather than reputation i think we've got a good chance agreed cam last word on this um, i think we'll get the go there and get a result um we and the reason i say that is because we we've got players back now. We we aside from the long term injuries, uh, we've got pretty much as fit a squad as we've had all season. You know, there's out of the twenty five players, there's only three players who you could say are, are really injured, and that's your your three your three centre backs. Everybody yeah. else is fit available. Um, they've all had minutes under their belts. Uh, whether it be through internationals or substitute appearances mm-hmm. on the pitch. So they're all playing reasonably well. We've got players now playing in the correct positions and that just helps the balance of our, of our team immensely. It's away from home, which right now is crucial for us. Um, because we certainly are a better team away from home than we are at home. So I fully expect us to go there, get a result. This is not the real Madrid, you like you say, of Ra- Raul, Ronaldo, um, you know, Dan Beckham, players of that ilk. Carlos. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember you asked a question once on this pod, and it was, um, what was the the, the greatest 
the best performance you've seen against Liverpool? And I only thought of the answer actually afterwards. And it was um, Ronaldo at Anfield in the Champions League in 2014-15, I think it was, when they beat us 3-0. Ronaldo that night was phenomenal. He played the whole, he played us off the park. If ever, if ever there was a one man performance that night that played against us, it was that night. I don't see that happening with this Real Madrid team. As good as Benzema is, you don't see him taking us apart like that. The way Ronaldo did. Ronaldo I would just, was, I would, I would, I, yeah, I would just remind everybody, though, that, you know, this is a team that in recent history has won three of these things back to back and had won a fourth one not long before it. So, yeah, it's yeah, nobody has got a bigger reason to swagger around the place when it comes to the Champions League than Real Madrid. So that it's that it's just that thing that I just people should just keep that in mind. It's just sometimes the, it was bordering on arrogance. I think the attitude and an awful lot of people are going into it, but. I look forward to it immensely and um, we'll hopefully have some uh, something positive to chat about on our next one in relation to what happens on Tuesday evening. Um, but look, we're gone north of the hour. We should start wrapping this up very much so north of the hour into nearly 70 minute mark. So I want to just finish with one topic that's football related. Um, earlier on, Mr. Kopak referred to Super Mario and the Liverpool goal. I've seen lots of wonderful memes around Freddie Mercury and his yellow jacket. Um, Anyone trying to pick out, I mean, that moustache basically based, um, memory. Uh, I, I have to say, from the minute I saw it, I've, I've been a massive fan of, of Ali's, um, Tash, uh, and to the, to the extent that it's inspired me to maybe, uh, just give it a lash myself for a little while. A tash whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a famously bearded man, and yet, I, I, I feel inspired. I would say one thing about the Tash, and that's why I may just give it another week or two. The one thing about a Tash and making it work for you, this is my theory. I'm going to float it out there. I don't think you can do it unless you've got a bit of a chin and jawline. I don't think it works otherwise. I just don't think it works otherwise. You see some of the really famous, uh, handsome beard, uh, mustachioed men like Selick or, or you look at, you look at, Big Dan in um in There Will Be Blood or something like that. Lads like that, yeah, Reynolds. Lads like that have a have a have a have a jawline and a chin. I don't know if you can carry it off if you're a bit doughy. That would be my worry about a tash um for people if it was to take take off. Well, but when when, when when you say tash though, Trev, are you talking cookie duster or pencil or sapata? The I love the terminology. Um, my current uh, tash uh, would g- come down into what could be handlebar. Sort of, it's 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 not quite handlebar. No, it's it's more Reynolds. In okay, it's got a little sort of vaguely vaguely Mexican quirk to the bottom of it. It goes down past the lip line on both oh, sides. Okay. It's almost a pancho. <laughs> It's yeah. almost a pancho. The the terminology here is fantastic, Carl. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'd absolutely give it a lash. I think I would and, and you know exactly what I'm talking about with all those descriptions. I like that. Hundred <laughs> percent, brother. I can't, yeah. Come on. Uh, now, Cam, you, know. you've he got a big old. His toilet paper is pink. He's going to know what you're on about. That's true. Yeah. Tash is, isn't he? I, I always got... say though, Cam, if, if you ever want any toilet paper info, go to Downey. 
He's the shit, isn't he? <laughs> I, I go as far as the doyen. Uh, very good. Very good. <laughs> well, I, I do appreciate the toilet paper analogies because I have spent at least three and a half to four years uh, cleaning up your shit on this podcast. So, yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that, is a, <laughs> that is an excellent analogy. Uh, so, uh, Cam, are you, are, you having a, are you having Ali's tash? What do you reckon? Uh, what's your general opinion? Ali's facial hair game is always amazing he he pulls everything off perfectly he's just he's just an amazing human being isn't it doesn't matter what he does it's always on point his beard is always on point he's now gone with this you know it you can't say he's done it on anybody what you can now say it's the alley it's the yeah, best you, can, yeah. you want to call it yeah, he, yeah. He's, 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 it's, it's his own unique He's created something that is pretty much unique because you're trying to pinpoint it on, is it a Burt Reynolds? Is it a Tom Selleck? You know, Magnum PI? Is it whoever? No. It's the alley. Yeah. It is the alley. I like it. And Carl, you're famously, um, uh, shaved man. Uh, very not at, fastidious. Not at the moment. You've always been pretty fastidious about that, haven't you? Yeah. It's too, I don't, I've got, I've got a beard at the moment, but. Just doesn't suit me. Probably about four hairs. Listen, streaky beard. Don't you have a go at me, sunshine? Yeah, I'm not happy with my beard. At all. No. When you say when you say you've got a beard, like have you got like a few days growth of stubble, or have you been cultivating an actual? Oh, so it's not. It's not. It's not quite at the um, requiring hair oil and a comb just yet. But <laughs> um, but but one thing I'm not is clean shaven, and it's it's way past the five o'clock shadow stage. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, we're into dangerous territory here. So you might be tempted to to flirt with a tash, would you? I don't know. I've got, I've got a slightly. No, no, I never do the tash. No, no. I don't have the face for that. Um, I tell you what I do. I'm thinking of though. I'm thinking of uh, when the barbers are open, of just getting the back and side cut and having a bit of a sweep at the top. Yeah, you're loving that. I heard that. Yeah. Well, listen, if you were to do that in conjunction with a tash, I think you could be straight into the next episode of the bill. Possibly. Possibly, or, or, or as somebody says, a, a posh 1940s soldier. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Sergeant I think that's Major. next. Sergeant Major Kopak. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's potential here for everybody. I say Kopak. He's a good chap, isn't he? <laughs> Carry on, gents. Carry on, men. <laughs> Uh, right, let's wrap it up. Let's get everybody out of here. Um, uh, when the going's still good. Um, I know Cam's got a quote to finish. We'll go with him last. Carl, have you got anything to see us out with? We've just recorded, well, just released the latest episode of Sherlock from Adler to Amberley. Um, we've got tons and tons of guests lined up now, which is really good. We just spoke to Paul Miller, um, who's a member of the Sherlock Holmes Society of London. And we've just done the Yellow Fakes, which is a problematic story. And next one we're going to be doing is the stockbroker's clerk, if you know your Sherlock. And some green grass in the ball. Mike Nevins made his debut for us. He's written about the 1981 League Cup ball. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's the white one with the red stripe right the way around it, and it's beautiful. And um, it looks like we're going to get some. Uh, we've got some new writers coming in about that. But the Max Wusen piece is out on Friday. Lovely stuff. Um, I've got one sentence greatstoriespod.com go listen
subscribe, support. Thanks. Cam. Okay. Um, a few lines from different episodes of a, a series I've just finished. So you two will know exactly what I'm talking about there. First lines, first set lines. You're not going to believe this. The guy killed 16 Czechoslovakians. He was an interior <laughs> decorator. Really? His house looked like shit. <laughs> Where's the other one that I was going to do? That one killed me, that did. For obvious reasons. I, I really like... Um, um, we have the, There's an old Sunny saying... For every every twenty things a child does wrong, ignore nineteen. Yeah, well, there's an Italian sign: fuck up once, lose two teeth. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's on this page. Is it? That's my favourite one, I think. But this is one that's probably uh, I don't know. I just sort of like this line for many reasons. You know, when I was depressed, I said I didn't want to live. Well, I'll tell you something: I didn't want to die. Bit of heft to that one. That's after the shooting, isn't it, in the first season? Bit of it heft. Tell me that. which episode it was from. I knew what, obviously, which episode the other one was from. Yeah, the yeah. Episode on the show. Yeah. In case people are wondering what the hell we're talking about, I have just finished watching The Sopranos, and I can honestly say it was worth watching. I'd imagine a huge portion of our listenership is thinking you lucky bastard that you'd managed to get this far and have that experience of watching that for the first time. Um, cause I think it's one of those shows that really connects with people. I just watched Gandolfini in a pretty atrocious film in many ways called the Mexican and he's never not brilliant. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, I kept watching that shit show because of, because of him. He's just brilliant. Like every time he's on screen, he's brilliant. I saw an extract of him on the Muppet show. Um, oh god it's lovely isn't it have you seen that oh it's holy so lovely shit. holy shit um he's literally I've never mexican yeah he's he's literally never not excellent so yeah 100 percent. get get on the sopranos and uh we'll get back to our telly rex in a future episode but let's wrap it up there now and let people uh, sorry, get back have you seen the one on saturday night live where um there's there's been some sort of new jersey political thing and so we brought in this new jersey resident and he turns up on stage it's leslie note from Parks and Rec and somebody else, and he turns up with a DVD player to give them before he gives his rap. Before he gives his, um, <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny! It really yeah, is. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to look that he up. Just, he just drops the DVD player. That's for you. Well, he looks at it and he goes, "Sorry, I didn't know you were going to be here." So uh, it's it's good. It's Sony. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, check out his cameo in, in the loop as well if you haven't seen that. Um, tremendous stuff. Right, let's wrap it up and get out of here. Uh, I've been Trev Denny. You've heard Carl Kapak. You've heard Cam Branch Guy Drinkle has been looking after us as ever, supplying information in the background there, including the fact that it was Project Big Picture that we were talking about that we couldn't think of the name of earlier on. Thanks, Guy, for that. Uh, so we'll wrap it up. Um, we hope we're going to be talking about Reds wins from now to the end of the season. So stick with us for that um, and stick with us regardless. Um, until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there.
Social Podcast Network.